Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Ben and Nick. It is November 15th. And Nick, I got to ask you the question, who are the Brooklyn Nets? Well, Sticky Nicky here, keeping it sticky, keeping it Nicky. Uh, these Nets, man, are turning it around. They're likable. They're fun. They're hungry. Uh, some ups and downs on the way. A lot more ups recently than downs. But I'm feeling a lot better than I was, say, two weeks ago about this organization. I think we're trending in the right direction. I think the shakeups we did were necessary. Shaken, not stirred. As uh, Actually, no, does James Bond say stirred, not shaken? No, shaken. What does he say? He says, I'd like a martini, shaken, not stirred. Okay, so my, my, uh, I was right the first time. But I am overall happy with where we're at right now. A couple minor setbacks we'll get into in the past few games. That Lakers game was a little hard to watch. But overall, a better team these last, what, six games than we were the first six games for sure. Yeah, definitely want to get into that nickname you gave yourself, Sticky Nicky, keeping it sticky. Uh, what are you referring to when you talk about that stickiness? Uh, it's just sweat, man. It's like, you know, when you work hard, you grind hard, you're always sticky. Yeah, no, I, I think everyone knows exactly what you mean when, when you refer to sweat as, as stick or sticky. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So we're, we're going to start before we break down the last four games for the Nets. Uh, it is my wedding party this weekend on Saturday. Really excited for the event. event. Going to be a blast. A lot of, you know, cool people going to be attending, family, friends, what have you. Uh, this is, this is a, a wedding that's been a year in the making. I want to shout out to my beautiful wife. Uh, for those who don't know, we're already married. I've mentioned that probably a hundred times on this podcast. This is our wedding party that she put together. She, she's done an astounding job so far. So very excited to celebrate with Nick and uh, everyone else in, in our lives. I too am excited to marry you guys again for the second time. Uh, it'll be a, some great fun with some great food, great family. And after this wedding, I hope we never talk about your wedding again. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, and I just want to say to all the Nets players that are currently on the active roster, you all have an open invite to the wedding. So Kevin Durant, I also want it. Seth Curry, you to Watanabe, if you're listening, please come by. I promise Kyrie. you I'll, I'll, I'll make some room for you. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn. Um, Honestly, you guys Steve are all Nash welcome. is welcome. Steve Nash is welcome. You know what? If Timothy Luau Cabarro, who was a, was a former net, he wants to pop by. You know what? Any former net can come except for Darren Williams. Uh, I also <laughs> want to shout out Victoria, Spencer's wife, for marrying Spen. I never thought anyone would marry Spen because he is truly an awful, disgusting human being. Yeah, good call on that. Uh, she's, really, she's really doing a mitzvah. Uh, being married to me. All right. Um, I said we weren't going to get into the, the Kyrie Irving Jewish anti-Semitic stuff, and we're not. We just happen to be two Jews that do a Nets podcast. All I right. I talk about that. I just said he's invited to the wedding. That's all I, I said. I, I said the mitzvah thing. Um, 
Listen, I, I'm, I'm sure Kyrie's done the whole room before. I'm not worried. All right, let's that. jump into the games. All right, Lakers, Nets, 116-103. This was, this was a, a loss, but you can't really feel too crappy about it. It was the second night of a back-to-back for the Nets. They were they had played the Clippers the, the previous night. We'll get into that game a little bit later in the podcast. Um, no Seth Curry for this game. Nick Claxton got banged up pretty early. And unfortunately, Anthony Davis just smelled blood in the water and he went to work. 37 points on 15 of 25 from the field, seven of seven from the line, 10, I'm sorry, 18 rebounds uh, to match that 37 points for Anthony Davis. He just dominated out of the gate. I, I, I mean, you saw the, the night it was going to be for the Nets uh, in regards to the offensive side of the ball. Kevin Durant did not really assert himself in that first half. And the Nets, who had been shooting the ball so well as of late, were were just extremely cold to open this game. They finished 7 of 27 from three-point land. It's about 26%. um, And the energy just wasn't there. Uh, And and, and you can't necessarily blame them. They were 4-1 and in the previous five games. They were facing a struggling Lakers team who really needed a win, uh, who was playing at home. And I'm not one to make excuses, but I think the Nets had been playing at a level that was just, you can't play like that every night. You can't shoot the lights out from three. Um, The guy who was extremely hot the previous two games in Seth Curry, he was out. Joe Harris hasn't really figured it out yet. Neither has Royce O'Neal. Those guys uh, shot a combined two of eight from three-point land. Uh, Edmund Sumner, who had been shooting pretty well from three, was one of five from three-point land. No one on this team was able to shoot. And then Cam Thomas, uh, I'm sorry, Patty Mills was one of six, 0 of four from three-point land. So, Nick, what were some major takeaways you had from this from this loss uh, against the Lakers? I mean, listen, yeah, it was a back-to-back game, but that's no excuse to kind of get pounded by the LeBron James-less Lakers, right? LeBron was not playing, which means guys like Lonnie Walker had to step up, who was able to score 25 against us. Lonnie Walker the fourth scored 25 against us. 15 from Austin Reeves. Westbrook had a double-double. Uh, this is stuff can't happen. And listen, I know Claxton got banged up. If Claxton's not on the court, even with him on the court, Anthony Davis is untouchable. Durant cannot guard Davis. I'm sorry, he just doesn't have the thickness. Uh, then you got Marcus Morris who doesn't have the height. He's getting kind of old. Davis went right by him. So everyone's trying to either double, everyone's trying to get a body, everyone's trying to foul him before he goes up. The man finishes 37 and 18. We have no response for Anthony Davis. So uh, uh, combine that with a guy like Lonnie Walker hitting every three he takes, it's game over. And so I'm not going to sit here and say we that's an excuse. Davis dominated. They were hot. This was still kind of embarrassing, dude, given the fact that how much we cannot score in crunch time without Seth Curry on the floor. People don't realize not only the Seth Curry is he our, at this point, number two scorer in the past three games. He also just spaces the floor. We have, you know, five minutes left down kind of what, within like the eight to 12 range for a while. Everyone keeps dishing the ball to Durant. They double Durant. O'Neal, Harris, uh, I'm seeing Cam Thomas. They stand around watching Durant trying to make something happen. I like O'Neal's game. I do think he tries to drive. Harris tries to drive a little bit, but they don't have the confidence right now. They're not hot enough to be that second guy like Seth Curry is waiting on the wing, shooting it as soon as he gets it. You know what I love about Seth Curry? Seth Curry, before you pass him the ball, has already decided whether he's not whether he's going to shoot it or not. 
There's a guy a foot away from him. He gets the ball, shoots it in his face, and hits it because he's committed to it. So I'm a little more concerned than you are. I know it's a back-to-back game. I know we were missing Curry. I know Claxton got banged up. This can't be a, hey, when there's no Curry, we're screwed. Hey, when there's no Claxton, they could score 40 a night down low. We can't depend on one or two guys to make us a complete team. So what I need to see is Simmons step up. I need to see Joe Harris space the floor. Oh, he, he didn't play in this game either, by the way. There was no Ben Simmons for I this know. one. I know. So I this was tough to watch because it was LeBron James missing from the team. Obviously, LeBron James is the heart and soul of this Lakers team, and they were able to step up. We had Seth Curry, Ben Simmons missing, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Rose O'Neal were not able to step up. And that, listen, it could be a one-time thing. Maybe they step up next game, but that's noticeable that nobody's willing to put on, you know, you know hey, Seth Curry's out, Joe Harris, I got to take the reins here. I got to shoot more. I got to find my rhythm. So disappointing loss from my perspective. Granted, there's a lot of, uh, you know, outside forces that came into this one. The last thing I'll say, this was the first game in a while, and I will never complain about refs. I think refs can be bad, good. They're usually pretty even. This Lakers game, there were a couple very questionable calls. Westbrook was hounding Kevin Durant. They didn't give him one call. Then you see... Uh, Jacques Vaughn get like uh, stepping outside of the coach's box technical coach's box technical. I've never seen that before. When um, what's the guy's name? Was the coach of the Lakers? Spen? Are you talking about um, uh, uh, Darvin Ham? Darvin Ham was literally equidistant to Jacques Vaughn on the other side, just as close to half court out of the coach's box, and they took a screenshot of it. The, the commentators were like, what the hell is this? The fans, the players, that was an extremely questionable call. I'm not saying it turned the game in a certain direction, but there were a couple calls that I really thought were going the Lakers' way. Again, might not have swayed the game, but just something I noticed. Yeah, I mean, look, every time Westbrook plays Kevin Durant, he has something to prove, right? You're talking about the two teammates who went to battle together for years and then Kevin Durant up and left to join the team that beat them in the Western Conference Finals in, uh, I want to say, 20... 2016 was the year um, or 2017, one of those two years. So, you know, there's always added fire when Westbrook plays Durant and, and KD said this, you know, after the game, you can sense when Westbrook stepped on that, that floor, he, he was going to change the game and he was aggressive. Westbrook 14 points, 12 assists, a uh, huge dunk for him in that second quarter. I think um, it was, uh, he, he played well. You mentioned Lonnie Walker's 25 points. Austin Reeves handled the ball very nicely. He was a plus 20. Um, the Nets in that first half, I mean, 22 points in the first, 24 in the second. Very, very, uh, you know, n- not a great first half. And then that third quarter, Kevin Durant came alive. And he said, enough. They're, they're doubling me. They're tripling me. I don't care. I'm going to start shooting. He had a four-point play in that four, uh, third quarter. I think they cut the score to three points at the end of the third quarter. Um, so you felt slightly – you didn't feel good, but you thought, okay, as poorly as they played, they have a chance going into the fourth – um, and they just didn't have enough juice in that fourth quarter. Uh, now, I find it hilarious that after the game, you know, Pat Bev gets interviewed. And by the way, Pat Bev finished with two points, one of five from the field, 0 of four from three. He covered Durant. He also had five personal fouls um, out of all the starters. Right. I said Lonnie Walker uh, was a plus 20. Austin Reeves plus 20. Troy Brown Jr. plus 22. Anthony Davis plus 15. Beverly was a plus eight. And they asked him, you know, what the key was. Uh, <laughs> He goes, me defending KD. He's a character, man. I mean, he's just, he's just a, you know, he, he's a guy you love to have on your team. He's a guy you hate when he's not on your team. Um, I thought it was a weird signing for the Lakers. I don't really think him and Westbrook 
fit together. Um, anyway, you, you tip your cap to the Lakers. The, the Nets, the defense wasn't there. The energy wasn't there. And if those two things aren't there, you have to shoot the lights out of the ball. And they did not do that. They shot 45% from the field. Like I said, 26% from three-point land. Um, I don't I don't hold a lot of merit in this game. I don't think that this, this meant a lot. Um, I'm sure guys were, were out late the night after the Clippers win. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do you have anything you want to add to this game before we, we go all the way back to the beginning of last week and, and talk about um, the, 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 the three games prior to this? No, no. All right, so let's do it. We move on. You go all the way back to Monday of last week. Uh, we played the Mavericks at, I think it was, was it home or away? I think it might've been home. No, we, we were away. I think um, very tight game. They ended up beating us uh, in regulation this time, 96, 94. Kevin Durant had a chance to tie this game. He had three free throws um, basically towards the end of regulation. He missed, I think he missed the, the second or the first, I would, whichever one he only made two. He made one out of three and then he tried to, the to, first. to, yeah. Th- then he bricked it. Um, to try to get the rebound. I think the Nets ended up getting the rebound, but they didn't get a shot off. Yeah, Royce O'Neal um, had it, and he should have dished it out to yes. Durant again. Royce O'Neal got the rebound on the botched miss on that third shot when we were down one, uh, two, and he kind of tripped over a defender into the other team, couldn't even get a good look at the hoop. Yeah, to me, this is one of those games where you just look at the other team and you say, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic? How do you pronounce his last name? Doncic. He's, he's incredible, dude. I mean, no, no, no. So he's not just incredible. Luca might be pound for pound the best player in the NBA. The guy moves so shiftily for a guy who doesn't look like the best athlete, doesn't look like he's, he's, he has ripped abs and is in insane shape. He's not fast, but he's unbelievably quick. He's smart. He throws his body weight around better than anybody I've ever seen. And he has arguably the best step back three pointer in the league right now. Every time he shoots it, you're like, no way. And it swooshes every single time. He's on one leg. He's like Dirk Nowitzkiing from two feet beyond the three-point arc. I, I've never seen anything like it. It's almost hard to hate even when you're rooting against him because it's so goddamn impressive what this guy does. So this is a game, again, I think we could have won. A couple things go our way. Durant hits a couple more shots. Honestly, the X factor for the Mavs that kind of won the game was Josh Green. Who's this kid? I think he's Australian. Yeah, he's from Australia. He had 16 against us. He averages only six a game this so far in the regular season. And he took this huge uh, foul on Kevin Durant when he was trying to set a screen. He flopped immediately, got the call. It was a good acting play. And then Kevin Durant starts talking shit to him. He talks back, and the Mavs start going crazy behind this young kid who was hitting his open threes, hitting his shots. He had an unbelievable dunk, Josh Green. I don't know if you saw that. But to me, this was a game that could have gone either way. But this young guy stepped up. A couple shots didn't go our way. Durant, I hate I hate, this rarely happens to him. You saw him on that first free throw when he had those three free throws to tie up the game. He missed that first one. You could tell his arms got a little short. He got a little bit scared. He was a little bit in his head. Uh, and that doesn't happen. That happens rarely to Durant. So it stunk because we lost to the Mavs in OT and we played them earlier in the season. So it was tough to see them lose again. With that said, I wasn't super disappointed in the way we played. I thought we fought hard. This is one of those games where we didn't, and a lot of our losses, I'll say, we just let it escape from us in the third and fourth quarter. We came back, we fought back, we were in it. A couple balls swing the other way. This young guy doesn't have a game of his life. He could have won that game. I mean, okay, a few things. There's no stopping Luca. 
Like, like when, when he's on, which is the majority of the time, he's going to score on whoever you, you put on him. I mean, 36 points on 11 of 22 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 9 of 12 from the free throw line. He had six assists to go along with six rebounds, two steals, one block. The dude just fills out the stat sheet. And I'll tell you this, Ben Simmons, whatever you think of him, Luca made him look silly. I mean, he had that. He had a bunch of step back threes on Simmons. He had the one crossover where he he just broke Simmons' ankles, went straight to the rim. Um, he is man. He is. Whenever I watch him, like whenever he's got the ball, I just think whatever we throw at him, unless we put KD on him. KD was the only guy I think who did a decent job on Luca that night. But you can't have your, your your most gifted and talented offensive player covering Luca for for the entire game. Um, you look at some of the other Nets who performed. Cam Thomas had a nice game off the bench, 19 points for him, seven of nine from the free throw line. He's, he's really been aggressive uh, since Jacques Vaughn has kind of reprised his role off the bench. Um, Nick Claxton had 10 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, Durant finished with 26 points, four assists, four rebounds of 10 on, on 10 of 20 from the field. Joe Harris had a nice game, 14 points, six of 10 from the field, two of five from three-point three land. Um, and you talked about Josh Green. I mean, the reason a guy like him scores 16, the reason a guy like Doran Finney-Smith uh, scores 18, Luke is getting them shots. He's creating that space. He's getting these guys shots. Very quiet game for former net Spencer Dinwiddie. Only two points for him, one of eight from the field. And he's averaging um, like 19 a game, shooting 50%. So able to yeah. stop him, but not the other guys. I like Finney-Smith. I think he's a good all-around player. No, I, you give Dallas credit for this win. They had to work for it. Um, they hit some big they shots. Call, in that they should sport. call Dorian Finney-Smith Daily Fantasy Sports because his abbreviation is DFS. I like that. I like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think Nets fans were too dejected by this loss or the Lakers' loss. I think these are both losses that you kind of accept. More times than not, KD is going to hit those three free throws. We're going to go to overtime. Um, I didn't even feel good about our chances in overtime. I mean, I mean when you're playing Luka Doncic and he's rolling like that, very, very, very hard to beat him. Um, all right, let's move on. We get to our game against the Knicks. Now, this was supposed to be a competitive game. And my goodness, did we blow them out of the fucking water. 112 to 85 was the final score. Everyone on the Nets played well. I, I mean, you want to talk about a solid team win. Royce O'Neal was a plus Forty-four in this game, and he had six points and ten rebounds. Kevin Durant had a triple-double: twenty-nine points, twelve rebounds, twelve assists, ten of nineteen from the field. Edmund Sumner, eighteen points, seven of ten from the field, three of four from three-point land. I mentioned he had been shooting pretty well from three before that Lakers game. Um, and then Seth Curry, twenty-three points off the bench, seven of thirteen from the field, six of eleven from three. Hey, this was this, this was Seth really his back game. This is the hey, yeah, this, welcome fucking back, Seth Curry, bro. We need you. Yeah, th this was his coming out party. I, I saw a lot of people on Nets Twitter were saying, oh, maybe he doesn't have it after that ankle surgery. He might not have it. He's a shooter. And what shooters do when they get back, nine times out of ten, they're going to miss a bunch of shots. And that's what he was doing in those last few games. He was missing, and people were starting to doubt him. I go, guys, this he is a professional shooter. He has one of the highest – three-point shooting efficiencies uh, over any player in the NBA. He's going to be fine. Lo and behold, he had a great game in this one. Um, everyone everyone contributed. I, I mean, Ben Simmons had six points, nine rebounds. Claxton had 12 points, six rebounds. 
Joe Harris finished with 10. Um, and this game was was over, I mean, before it started. I mean, it helped Brooklyn, the Knicks shot 32 from the field. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they had a rough one in this one. I mean, uh, you ugly. saw you saw that clip in the beginning of, of Randall and KD trading threes. And I think Randall said something like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be matching you. You know, I'm coming for you. Uh, and then Brooklyn proceeded to score. Uh, what is it? What's 38 plus 31? 69? Yeah, they scored 69 points in the first half. They were up 69 to 44 at halftime. Uh, and that was that was all she wrote. Did you mention I mean, Kevin this- Durant had a triple-double? I did. That was the first thing I mentioned. Did, did right, you listen good. to my breakdown? Uh, rarely. Um, yeah, just, just you know, we, we Knicks could not get anything going on offense. Randall finished with 24 uh, and 11 rebounds. But aside from him, everyone else shot the ball poorly. Um, the Knicks as a team shot 32% from the field, 28% from three. So kudos to the Nets um, for not only playing with energy. You know, you, you know these two teams want to show up and, and go at each other. This is Nets-Knicks. Um, but only one team showed up and, and the Knicks yeah, what's really, up? what's up cousin Ray. What's up cousin Ray. Shout out to all the Knicks fans in our lives. Uh, for one night, we absolutely obliterated you guys. And honestly, you know, if you had asked us two weeks ago, who was in a better place? I think a lot of people probably would have said the Knicks. And now that you guys are losing, you had this players only meeting, um, after you lost to the thunder the other night. Now you're in this weird place where I think Knicks fans want, to lose so they can get a better pick so they can fire Thibodeau um, so they can kind of restart because you don't know what you have with this team. You still don't know what RJ Barrett is. He has not been great this season. Um, Brunson's a nice piece, but is he a one or a two? I don't know. And, and Randall is, is he's done in New York. I don't think anyone in New York wants to build around Julius Randall anymore if they ever did. So nice Tom win for Thibodeau, the Nets. Tom Thibodeau of the, of the Tim's tail Thibodeaux. The Dimsdale Dimidomes. Uh, nice win for the Nets. Coming out party for Seth Curry. Really good team win. Uh, but I think I, I don't know about you, Nick. I think this game was more about the Knicks' woes uh, than the Nets' success. Agreed, but it doesn't it doesn't take away from us winning and scoring. One hundred percent. All right, we get to the Clippers game. Uh, probably the best win of the season in terms the of the best half of Nets basketball. The second half against the Clippers was the best half of Nets basketball I have seen in arguably a year and a half. Yeah. Um, the way that this team showed up uh, and and just, you know, against a Clippers team that had been playing pretty good basketball. Paul George leading the helm. Um, Marcus Morris Sr. is a good player. He knows how to score. Reggie Jackson, John Wall. John Wall Luke Kennard. I, I mean, they got, they got some players on Norman their team. Powell, I think Norman, Norman Powell is their second best player. Yeah, Zubak, Norman Powell. Um, so they got a lot of names on this roster that that, that are solid NBA players. And, um, you know, the Nets really brought it to them in that second half. And, uh, you know, you, you credit Kevin Durant, obviously, leading the way, 27 points for KD, six rebounds, three assists. He was 10 of 16 from the field, three of five from three-point range, four of four from the free throw line. Um, another amazing game for Seth Curry, his second game in a row. He took over in that fourth quarter. I mean, when when he got it going and he started hitting threes, that his mid range was working. The Clippers just had no answer, and you see the difference. And 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 you know, you go back and you look at the Harden trade, and you say, okay, Ben Simmons, we don't know what he is yet. If this is the version that we're gonna get 
from Ben Simmons, that the seventh or eighth guy on the team who comes off the bench gives us a, a little bit of, uh, you know, energy in regards to pushing the pace, but he's so, he's so unselfish almost to a fault. He's not scoring. He's getting cooked on defense. Right now, that's not looking like a great return. Andre Drummond no longer on the team. Seth Curry is looking like that piece that we got back from that trade that can really be vital if the Nets want a chance to be competitive in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. yeah. So were you looking for affirmation? So yeah, I'll give you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for affirmation. That I know. Was, that you was took like an awkward pause. All right. Yeah. Sure. wasn't an awkward pause. It was we're on the, yeah, we're on the same team. Cool. Um, so he took over in this one. I, I mean, the Clippers didn't have an answer, but the way that the Nets defended also, man, I mean, I mean, Paul George, 17 points is what he finished with. Five of 21 from the field, one of six from three-point range. We really made life difficult for him. Oh, Paul George? Um, I thought you meant Nick Clax to the Sun. Because ooh, he blocked ooh. the shit out of him, came down and scored, and it was one of the best Claxton series of plays I've ever seen in my life. Pete blocked Paul George's dunk at the rim and then hit it off of Paul George's legs out of bounds, got the ball back, and scored under the hoop. Nick Claxton, so, even yeah. though he can't hit a free throw for his life, is the lifeblood right now of this Nets team. My roommate, Eric, who's a diehard Nets fan, he's also from New Jersey, has been saying Claxton is one of the best centers in the league for like three years now. And last year, I thought he was an idiot. And two years ago, I thought he was an idiot. And this year, he is making a case. He's not the best center in the league, but he is definitely right now in the top 10, whereas a year ago, I would have put him maybe in the top 25. And he is getting better and better and more confident. Literally, the only thing this guy's missing from his game. He's got to pack on a few pounds. He got to, He has to be able to bang down low better with like the Jokic and the Anthony Davis, even though they're in Embiid, even though those are guys who, you know, rarely anyone could bang with or to quote Charles Barkley when a guy is banging you. But besides that and the free throws, this guy is really coming together as a smart big man down low, especially defensively, offensively too. He's now almost a walking double-double. I fucking love this dude. Dude, he's the second best player on the team up to this point. Based on availability, based on everything, you can say that Nick Claxton has been the most important player, not named Kevin Durant, on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, but is that also because we don't have another big man? We're not going to play Dayron Sharp. So it's almost well, like, I mean, yes, he's the best player, but he's also one of the most needed players after Durant. Oh, 100%. Who do we have? And, and- it's 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 Daron Sharp, Markeith Morris, and Nick Claxton. Those are a big man. I guess Yuta Watanabe, if you want to call him a big man. I wouldn't put um, Watanabe in that conversation. I barely put Morris in that conversation. So you're looking at Claxton and a Daron Sharp, who who I like him as a player, but he is nowhere near developed enough to come in and get significant minutes. So I'm going to agree I, with you there that he's the second best player on the team, but I also just think he's the second most important right now in terms of putting a five on the floor. I want to go back to the comment you made about um, Nick Claxton uh, making Paul George his son. It's very funny because if you look at my tweet, you're not going to see the tweet. Um, When that game was going on, you don't follow Fireside Nets, the Twitter account that I run. I literally wrote Claxton just made Paul George his son. So we're we're on the same page there. Great minds think alike. Um, No, this is, this was an awesome, awesome win. 110 95. Uh, we put up 35 points. They're 24 points in that fourth quarter. Um, and this is this is the game where you're coming off a win against the Knicks. You're playing a tough Clippers team on the road. This is the game that gave Nets fans hope that, hey, regardless of what's happening with the Kyrie stuff, 
regardless if Ben Simmons can get back to Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons from two, three years ago. You see what Sean Marks is trying to do in the offseason with bringing back Seth Curry, bringing back Joe Harris, signing an Edmund Sumner who had 11 points in this one, giving Nick Claxton a good amount of money, um, you, you, you know, bring back a veteran like Patty Mills, who was able to hit, I think he hit one or two shots in that fourth quarter. You see his vision and how it can kind of work out. If you're able to get guys healthy, if you're able to get guys on the same page, because the Clippers are no slouch. The Clippers are, are almost as tough as the Mavericks, in my opinion, they're kind of on in that same tier. And the Nets were able to, to not only score on offense, but really handle them on defense. I, I thought this was a very telling victory for the Brooklyn Nets. Like I said, this, this was the most fun to watch. I was screaming out of my seat every time Seth Curry hit a shot, every time Claxton had a defensive stop. The team was getting hyped up. The bench was coming off. Everyone was, everything was popping in this Clippers game. This was a glimpse at what the Nets could be with a little more consistency, a little more discipline if everyone stays healthy. And, and to me, that's the most exciting thing I've seen all season from this Brooklyn Nets organization. Don't know much about consistency. No. Don't know much about Seth Curry. All I know is Ben Simmons plays. Wish he played better these days. Yeah. All right. We'll take that. Uh, that puts us in. I mean, listen, the only thing I'll say about the Lakers lost, the last thing I'll say after the Clippers is a little frustrating because we could have gotten to 500. We were six and seven when we played the Clippers after we beat them. Lakers, we could have got to seven and seven. We are sitting at six and eight right now, pending this uh, Sacramento Kings game that will be over by the time people hear this. But it would have been nice to be 500. With that said, we made some strides in the right direction, and I think that's important enough for now. And can I give some praise to Jacques Vaughn? Jacques Vaughn takes over this team. Yes, there was another player that we won't mention again that is no longer playing with the team currently, temporarily. His but name's Jacques Kyrie Irving. Vaughn. It's not. It's not a secret. You can mention his. I name. I can't believe you said it. It's like Voldemort. Well, is this Voldemort? He's Kyrie <laughs> Irving. He's. He's. He... Say his name. Potter. That's a good impression, right? Let me hear that again. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Okay. Jacques Vaughn, and I was really pissed with how the players treated Steve Nash. But maybe I don't know a lot about Steve Nash and behind the scenes. Maybe there was something going on that he wasn't deserving or or worthy as much of the players' respect as we all thought he was. Jacques Vaughn has the players' respect, their trust. He feels just like an extension of this team. He doesn't feel like an outside, an outside factor, you know, an external factor that I felt Steve Nash had that disconnect at times with this team, that he was the coach and they were the players, and that just felt very separated. Jacques Vaughn feels like a player. Obviously, he's an ex-player for the Nets, but he feels like a guy who's been an extension of this team. He's been, you know, the arm of this team, whatever body part you want to assign him, and he feels very connected uh, you know, to the, the heart, to the soul, to the brain of this team. The players really seem to respond to him. You saw that heartwarming video after the uh, his first win a couple games ago where Against they the gave Wizards, him the yeah. ball. Claxton stopped everyone and made them cheer for Jacques Vaughn's first win. And all he was trying to do was get everybody home to rest up for the next game. That's where you see his head being at. So I, as much as I love Steve Nash as a player, not as much as a coach, but I respect him as a person. I got to give props where props are due. Nicky Sticky props go to Jacques Vaughn this week. Just... Seems like such a loved, not only loved guy, you know, as a person, but as a coach, he seems to be a great mind. Obviously, more to come. A lot more evidence needs to be seen to see if we could keep him long term. But I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Jacques Vaughn so far this year. And I still give him best beard in the league. 
Oh, yeah. Listen, we might have lost James Harden, but our head coach has a, a phenomenal beard. I think that's a great transition to this next segment. Uh, it's called Vibes. And we're just going to talk about the vibes around this current Nets team. You know, look, we said we're not going to talk too much about Kyrie Irving because we've talked about it on previous podcasts. If he comes back, he comes back. You, you know, him, Josiah, and the NBA Players Association have a lot of work to do, and, and we'll see what happens there. We're, we're done giving our opinions. If you want to hear our opinions, go back and listen uh, to our podcast from two weeks ago. Um, but since Kyrie has been away, this team is four and two. They've lost close games against, I'm sorry, they're, no, yeah, Ky, Kyrie's last game was against Chicago. So they played Washington, Charlotte, win-win, loss against Dallas, win against New York, win against the Clippers, loss against the Lakers. So they're four and two since Kyrie's been gone. You've really started to see the depth that Sean Marks has built for this team. Edmund Summers stepped up, had some big games. He's, he's you know, been pretty good in that starting point guard role. Uh, he's been formidable. I don't think that, you know, he's he's claiming that role for the rest of the season. But to throw a guy who, who wasn't seeing really any time into that starting role, he's, he's been he's been pretty good. Um, and, and he's a very quick player. I mean, you see you see, you know, a guy coming off what he what he uh, tears Achilles last season or was it ACL. He's coming off major surgery. He still has that burst. So that's good to see. Um, Are you talking you about know, Sumner? It was Achilles. Achilles. Guys like Yuta Watanabe have just been an aberration. I mean, he had that injury scare. I forget if it was against uh, Dallas or New York, but but he's he's back and you know he he's he's a very nice player off the bench. He brings energy. He he goes after loose balls. He gets rebounds. Him and KD seem to have a decent rapport. Um, and let's talk about KD. I mean, this is a guy who demanded to be traded in the beginning of the offseason. It didn't work out. He came back. The Nets started very, very slowly. They were, um, you know, under Nash in the first seven games. They had one win, right? They were they were one and six to start the season, and it looked like this team was headed towards a complete, you know, destruction. Trade everybody, trade KD, trade Kyrie, trade Simmons, rebuild, restart. And since Vaughn's taken over, there's really been. Uh, a changing of the mindset for not only this team, but you've seen Kevin Durant become that leader that we saw last year. Do you remember last year when, when Harden was out, or I think this is right around when Harden got traded and Kyrie was still dealing with the vaccination stuff. There were games where Kevin Durant was playing with David Duke jr. And Kessler Edwards. And those were, those were basically, you know, his, his right hand men. And, and, he, he led and he played amazing, but he did it with almost like a, a look on his face. Like, yo, I got to really play with these guys every single night. It, for some reason, it feels different with him this season. Like, it seems like he's almost like, you know what? I'm here. I'm not going anywhere unless they trade me. I'm going to make the best out of the situation. Since Jacques Vaughn has taken over, he has been playing at an MVP level, Kevin Durant. He's getting everyone involved. He's feeding the hot hand. He's trusting guys like Seth Curry, like Cam Thomas, like Yuta Watanabe to hit shots. Um, he's playing great with Nick Claxton. And I'm just I'm just so impressed uh, every single night watching him play. I, I mean, if you want to list out the top five players in the league right now, just as, as far as production goes, and by the way, I think, I don't know if he still does, but Kevin Durant had the most points in the NBA. If you're going to tell me the top five players in the NBA right now, I would go Luka Doncic, 
Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. You're going Tatum over Giannis? Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then you can give me either um, Ja Morant or um, – Steph? Like, no, but they're, they're not playing Jokic? with the Warriors. Jokic is up there. Um, and Bede, and Bede scored 59 a couple of games ago. Yeah, he was amazing. I, I had another guy on my mind, but but it slipped my uh, it slipped my grasp. Um, yeah, regardless, I think Kevin Durant's playing out of his mind right now, and you know, obviously, everything starts with him, right? Um, but I think this team is buying into what Jacques Vaughn is selling. They're buying into the way Kevin Durant's playing, and the vibes around this team are just are, are just extremely different than they were. Now, does this team have a lot of work to do? Yeah, of course. You still don't know what Ben Simmons is. And, and that, and that kind of is the highlight of this episode. Human. Who are the Brooklyn Nets? He's human. I, I mean, you know what he is from, uh, I, I guess, um, a homo sapien standpoint. But you don't know what, what he's going to give like you. like a biological standpoint? Yes, that's what I meant. You don't know what he's going to give you on a nightly basis. And, and up to this point, it's been less than 10 points a game. It's been, you know, a few hustle plays here or there. But he doesn't have that burst yet. Now, there's a huge debate on Twitter. Some people think he's lost it, he's done. Other people think, hey, he's still coming back. Give him some time. Uh, whatever's happening right now, he's hurt. He's not playing. He has a knee issue. Um, but overall, the vibes around this team are extremely positive. And with Seth Curry playing the way he's been playing, um, if you can figure out a way to get Cam Thomas to be a little bit more efficient, I did not like how passive he was in that Lakers game for a guy who loves to shoot. They were giving him a lot of space from the three-point line, and he just was not taking shots. I, I think there's there's a lot to like about this Brooklyn Nets team right now. And if Kyrie's able to come back and play on this team and they figure it out and, and whatever happens, happens, great. But I also don't want him to come back and fuck up these vibes that they have. Not saying he will. That's not what I'm trying to say. But Kyrie is a high-volume shooter. And the way the ball has been moving, the way guys have been getting shots, uh, call me crazy. I am slightly worried that it, it bringing him back, and 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 I just don't want to go back to seeing that two man game with him and KD every single possession because I think in a weird way that lost us a lot of games early on. Vibes, and that vibes. was vibes, and that was vibes. Brought to you by Empire Sports Media and. Vibes. There's actually is it like, no. I'm being a verb. A verb is like this new energy bar. I don't know a brand called Vibes. There's probably a weed brand called Vibes somewhere. Shout out to any weed products or weed brands that want to sponsor us. We are definitely pro weed on this podcast. Uh, give us a call. We'd, we'd love pro to have juice. you as a sponsor. Um, and pro last juice. Thing, and pro everyone. Know, We're not just pro Jews. We're, we're pro, pro everyone. No, we're pro everyone. Um, we should be able to Jeez. beat the Kings. We should beat the Kings. Uh, is Seth Curry? Yeah. Back? Uh, he is. Yeah, I think he's active tonight. I think Simmons playing, is not playing, right, listen, but, but Curry's active. Kings have some good young guys. I think De'Aaron Fox is a beast. With that said, we got to hit this 500 mark, dude. We got to hit this 500 mark. We got to turn the page. We got to get over the hump. That's big for us. We can't keep chasing that. Um, so to me, games like tonight, early on in the season, is where you want to get past that 500 mark faster than, you know, sooner than later. So. Important game tonight. I think we should be able to push through and, and win this game against the Sacramento Kings. 
I got to give you credit, man. The way you've been transitioning into these these segments that I wrote down on the rundown, it's fantastic because this next segment I have is called Where Are the Nets Headed? Where are they going, Nick? Um, they got to finish out this this, this road trip uh, in Sacramento tonight against Portland on the Kings Thursday. Kings are six and six, by the way. They're six and six. The Kings. They play the Grizzlies at home, and then they got the Sixers, the Raptors, and the Pacers again. Um, so a lot of solid basketball teams. Uh, if Curry can get, you know, if he can stay on the court and, and continue to shoot the crap out of the ball, get Claxton back. And, and I mean, you know, Claxton, obviously he was out the remainder of the game against the Lakers, but, but get him going again against the, the, the Kings. He's good to go tonight. Um, the one thing I will say is if this team is going to be competitive, I mean, we alluded to it earlier, but we didn't really point it out. Sean Marks needs to add depth to the front court. This team has a million guards. We, we, we do not have a shortage of guards. I mean, Sumner, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, um, Joe Harris can be a guard if he wants. Once Irvin comes back, Kyrie, there's just so many guards on this team. And then you have, a, you know, you Kevin Durant, Yuta Watanabe's, you know, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal. You have the forwards. The only center you have on this team slash, you know, big man power forward is Nick Claxton. You need more depth. So you got to go out. You saw that Dwight Howard signed in Taiwan. Shout out to Dwight Howard. You got to get someone like DeMarcus Cousins. You have to get someone who can just give Claxton a rest every now and again. You know, it's wild. We went from having three centers last season in Andre Drummond, Nick Claxton, and LaMarcus Aldridge or, or Blake Griffin, you know, insert one or the other, to having one, one center. I love Dayron Sharp. Seems like a great guy. He has he has the motor. He's not there yet. He might he might not be there for a while. But he is not. He can't come in and play against Anthony Davis. He just can't. Um, so where is this team headed? I, I like I like what they've done in the last six games. Marks has to get a big man to help out with Claxton. Um, but you get some continuity around these guys. You get Curry and and Harris. By the way, your boy Joe Harris. He's got to get going. I mean, he's, he's really been struggling, uh, especially those wide open threes that he misses. He's not good enough outside of shooting to miss those shots. If Royce O'Neal misses a wide open three, I'm okay with that because Royce does it for you on the defensive end. Royce can create a little bit on the offensive end. He can get to the rim. He can, he can dish it off to Claxton. Royce O'Neal is, is a nice player. I, I mean, I know he lost a stud in Bruce Brown to the Nuggets. Shout out to Bruce Brown. He's looked great this year for Denver. Um, but Royce O'Neal has really done a nice job taking over that Bruce Brown role from last season and um, and being basically everything the Nets have asked of him so far. I need Joe Harris to do that. So, agreed. Do you do you have any more comments on where you think the Nets are headed? No, like I said, everything's trending upwards. We just got to get our shit together. We got to stay healthy. We got to be consistent. Agree on the big man front. That pretty much rounds out the team to me. Like I said, Claxon's yep. not enough, and we can't depend on him. So that's what's next up. five games Sacramento at Sacramento at Portland home against Memphis at Philadelphia at Toronto. What's our record in those five games? Four and one. Okay. <laughs> I'll go three and two. And um, what do you think the season holds for Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving? Give me your prediction. Simmons gets it together. Probably doesn't go past, you know, an eight and eight player game, but becomes a good role player. Kyrie doesn't wear a Nets uniform ever again. Wow. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you on the Kyrie front. I think that, I think that size is going to have to relent a little bit. I, I, 
I understand the sanction. I, I get why he tried to, I guess, request what he requested along with, with the NBA to try to, you know, say, hey, Kyrie, here's what you need to do to come back. Um, the NBA Players Association isn't having it. Having it. You heard Jalen Brown's reaction. Right or wrong, the players have power. And they're going to make a case for Kyrie Irving to, to play and get the suspension lifted. He has uh, been suspended for five games. That was the initial uh, ruling. Although I, I, I do think it, it initially read at least five games or five game minimum. So it wasn't, it was left to interpretation. Um, but I do think we see Kyrie in a Nets uniform again. I, I do. Uh, but I understand, you know, why you think we might not. I, I get it. It can go either way. Um, and then with Simmons, I, I, I just, you think he figures it out? That's, that's your takeaway? I mean, he figures it out to a point where he could be a role player. He's not going to be a star. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. The, unfortunately, you're paying him a lot of money. Um, I think 44 upwards north of $44 million is the number for Simmons. But anyway, Nick and I feel good about this, this team. We feel good about my upcoming wedding on Saturday. Um, again, shout out to Victoria, my wife, for putting that together. After this episode, you probably won't hear about it as much. We'll, we'll talk about it next week, but that'll probably be the last week. Um, shout out to everyone who, who, who's listening. You know, it's me and Nick have not been as diligent with, with these episodes putting out content, but um, we are going to work on it. We are going to get better. I do have some time opening up in these next few weeks, and uh, we just appreciate every single person that tunes into Fireside Nets. We, we love you guys, regardless of how – you know, we may feel about certain issues, regardless of, of um, any sort of disagreements in, in uh, rhetoric or narrative we, we have. If you listen to our show, if you support our show, we have nothing but love, love for you guys. So thank you very much for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Nick, take it away. Catch you on the Fireside.